The greatness of others often makes people feel like failures. The greatness of God makes us feel like champions. The more I decrease, the more He increases. My primary purpose is to be like Him, not like someone else. Who we are is something to discover, not something to create ourselves. Thanks for joining us on Life Journeys, a podcast about thriving through the worst pain that life brings. With global initiatives threatening big changes to our way of life, we're going to need to activate Jesus' words about mountain-moving faith. Words That Work is the ongoing series on life journeys that is rooted in releasing revelational words of faith that will work every time and with everyone. It's about moving the mountains that keep us from the presence and goodness of God. It's about defining our life purpose and identity through encountering Him. Until we have the power to move the obstacles that are destroying our liberty and hope, there are people today that don't want to hear that we all deserve eternal punishment and that they're going to die someday. But here's the truth. There is much greater peace, fulfillment, and power in knowing the truth about heaven and hell, about sin and redemption, than there is in ignoring and emotionally, spiritually denying the facts of life. It's much better to understand the battles of life and overcome them than to simply let whatever happens happen and be ultimately washed away by the darkness of this world. From the 139th Psalm, what I want to do is reinforce that God is more aware of and involved in our lives than we realize. I want my faith in Him to soar far above my faith in myself, the government, people in general, my health, or my finances. One day God seemed to speak to me. You're acting like there's no God. Live like there is a God. Live like I am. He really does know everything I'm thinking, fearing, hating, and hoping for. Furthermore, He understands each of my thoughts. He knows me. He knows me better than I know myself. He sees me when I get up in the night to take a drink of water, and He is acquainted, the Bible says, with all my ways. It means that He knows my life habits and motives with the intention that a servant would have. He knows in order to serve according to each need and manner. In fact, I want you to understand that God is big enough to do all this as if you were the only person that ever lived. Every word I speak is understood completely by God. He realizes exactly why I say everything I say, including the heart behind every word's inflection. It's almost like He is me more than I am me in familiarity and knowledge. If I raise my voice just a bit in frustration, then quickly backtrack with a smile. He knows if that frustration came from a minor irritation, like in my digestive tract or some goofy thing flaring up, and I'm a bit weary of it. When something then external interrupts my concentration, like my wife. He knows my desire to love my wife, even though she has inserted herself into my miscellaneous moment. He knows that I don't want to leave any hurt in her life. He 
knows me exactly. Bible says God encamps round about me, my body, my soul, and spirit with the precise knowledge that he has in any exact minute of my life. He then acts accordingly with such divine familiarity to guide me towards the pathway that he has for me. He's using his wisdom, his power, and love to bring me along into my perfect eternal destiny. It is not a path guaranteed to comfort my body and infinitely entertain my mind, but to lead me into the way everlasting. God is not making a happy retirement, a successful career, or a nicer house for me. He's making a most prized possession. So never minimize the intentional love and purpose behind the crucifixion of his beloved son. Such knowledge is extraordinarily wonderful and exalted beyond my capacity to even comprehend anything. Thus, faith in my God must transcend my ability to reason it out and understand the potential available. No matter what I go through, God is at work to establish His glory through it, and in me, far beyond my peanut brain to wrap my comprehension around it, God is building the Christ-like character that will contain the glory. Every day that I ache, when I turn it over to God in patient faith, it works to establish an eternal reward of glory. We will not be the spoiled children who inherited great wealth and status, who eternally hold it in a selfish, proud, and arrogant attitude. He's working on that. The Bible also shows that all God's purpose, power, and knowledge towards me is true no matter where I am. In the worst places of the earth, hidden from all who would comfort me, or the secret places where I hide my remaining sins, God is still there at work. Nothing in this world can rob from me what God is doing in me, no matter where life finds me. Even in war, prison, hospitals, or in caves of my life, He is still leading me. I am not bound, no matter what holds me down. Psalms 39 teaches that He has possessed my reins, in other words, acquired redeemed, owned, and established the very seed of my emotions. He is the originator of the seat of our personal being. In the womb he has covered us, laid his shield and protection of identity upon us, and verified us as created by him as his means of acknowledging our existence. God truly is intimately aware of who you are. He made you. And through this process of time on earth, he continues to make us into his image for all eternity. The thoughts, feelings, and will that we have has the God-given capacity for all that he has for us. He's our possessor. We are his most precious and desired after creation. Let's look past the flaws that sin has marred us with and realize this. We are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. There is a 
greater element of our being, beyond the sin and restored by redemption, where we are wonderful beings. Think of it, please. You are fearfully set apart in God's establishing your life. You're so awesome in design that heaven describes it as fearful or frightening in its response to your eternal existence. The God whose throne is the universe and the earth is his footstool has created you. And as spectacular and awe-inspiring as the heavens and wonders of the world are, you are more so. That's what fearfully and wonderfully made means. You are astonishing to the universe itself. The word made here in Scripture in Hebrew means to be set apart, distinguished, and made marvelous by the hand of God. Little wonder he takes the time and interest to know all about your every thought and deed. Through redemption, God is still working on you to establish the identity given to you before you were born. It carries with it the glory of Christ Jesus, which is a part of you. These are things, verse 14 says in the 139th Psalm, that my soul knows right well. And that means vehemently and with immense assurance. My soul knows it. That's my life, the very breath of God in me that establishes and defines my God-given existence. And I need to get in touch with this knowledge, this reality of who I truly am. We have been created to properly know and respond to God. I have been given what I need to walk with this inestimable revelation of God's active role in my life. This has been guaranteed by God's covering us from the wombs of our mothers. Now, as Americans, many think that we have the civil right to an abortion. To demand our right to free will is to demand of God our most basic divinely given right, free will, the right to choose. God gave that to us, but by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We demanded our right to decide right and wrong, good and evil, and God gave it to us. But such knowledge comes with an instruction book that tells us what's at stake. God has indeed given us the right to look up into His face, behold His glory, and defy it. We can tell Him no, and He won't stop us. It's just that along with that right comes the equal right to bear the responsibility and consequences of making the choices to do evil. Calling evil good is still evil. No matter what freedoms the government gives us, God won't judge us according to the U.S. Constitution or our opinions about its contents. He has his own book. It tells us that we were covered in our mother's womb. Our souls knew it very clearly. We were created by God, not by our parents. Our mother and father were the means God used to create us. I'm destined to be far more amazing than my mere human physical existence can imagine. My true life from above is filled with the glory of God. If He didn't make us, what right would He have to come to earth, judge us, and then destroy those among us who are evil?
My substance, the Bible says, was not hid from God when I was made in secret from man's eyes. My mother's great trauma for years that nearly took her life on earth and made my parents childless was Satan's opposition to my birth. But I was called by God, I was chosen by Him to live forever. My life has always been about God's intention for me. When God called you, someone writes, He factored in your stupidity. He calls failing, fragile humans, like me. Failure is a part of success, someone said. My failings and frailties have been the springboard, though, for God to show His glory, not mine. I'm the pen. He's the one who holds it. I'm an expression of His grace, not of my glory. When I think of the hundreds of millions of children who have been aborted by ignorant parents, who am I to have been born? I sense a growing responsibility to fulfill my reason for being in this world. Your substance, your life was not hid from God before you were born and made in secret, apart from the visibility of men. You were intricately fashioned and designed, and every detail of your being was written down in heaven before there was any element of your body ever developed in the womb. You were planned by God. Little wonder that God is intimately aware of your every moment and has thoughts and plans for you that are more numerous than the grains of sand. Presidents and celebrities aren't thinking about you every day or once a decade. Even your friends aren't thinking about you as much as you may think. But He is. His thoughts are called precious. It properly means of great weight. They are not just some casual awareness of your daily life. They reveal that we are highly esteemed, valued by God's purposes for our places of honor. All this, and you may still doubt if God is willing or even able to take care of you. You can unlock the presence of God in your life. There are revelation principles that remove the mountains, keeping us from joy, hope, peace, and purpose when our world gets turned upside down. Look for these words that work with Pastor Hardica as he shares what has helped him when life got hard. And don't forget to check out his book, the Fortress and the Firebrand, available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Thanks for listening to Life Journeys. Find new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. And if you're new to this series, it begins with the September 16th episode. The greatness of others often makes people feel like failures. The greatness of God makes us feel like champions. The more I decrease, the more He increases. My primary purpose is to be like Him, not like someone else. Who we are is something to discover, not something to create ourselves.